Hello, this is Pastor Tim Sims. Welcome to the St. John Chester podcast, reaching out to you on this Good Friday with the good news of Jesus during this time of social distancing. Now yesterday, before talking about the beauty and significance of the unique Maundy Thursday traditions, I commented on how when I was a kid, Holy Week and Easter were just as big a deal as Christmas ever was in our house, and how we attended all the week's services and took in all the unique customs involved in each one. Before I talk to you about Good Friday today, I'd like to thank my faithful parents, Tim and Nona Sims. They not only insisted that we attend these services, they taught and nurtured in us an appreciation and love for the richness of these ancient and faithful observances that point us to Jesus. Thank you, Mom and Dad. So today let's talk about Good Friday and some of the unique ceremonies for this day. First, the name, Good Friday. On this day, Jesus died a horribly torturous and painful death, and that's good? Why do we call this day Good Friday? It's Good Friday because it was good for you, for us. That horrible suffering and death of Jesus was his taking our place. The holy, sinless Jesus took our sins upon himself and endured the wrath and punishment of his heavenly Father that we deserve. In repentant trust in Jesus Christ and his suffering and death for your sake, you are forgiven all your sins. And so instead of eternal punishment, you get paradise. This makes it a really good Friday. As we worship, it is a very somber and reverent occasion. It's not a funeral for Jesus, and we shouldn't see it that way. However, it is a time for, well, sober joy. That Jesus had to endure such a thing and that he was glad to do it out of love for us is sobering, and yet brings us joy. There are several types of worship services that can be done on Good Friday, and usually which one your church does often depends on what time of day your church observes this occasion. At St. John, we do an evening tenebrae service. There are several unique and rich aspects to this service that serve to keep our focus on the saving sacrifice of Jesus. First, the focus of the service really is the passion reading. That is the reading of the biblical account of Jesus' arrest, his mockery, his suffering, death, and burial. The sermon is usually kept very brief, and for lack of a better way of putting it, we kind of get it out of the way at the beginning of the service so that we can move on to the biblical account of Jesus' trial, suffering, and death. We read and meditate on the very detailed account given us in the scriptures. Tenebrae means darkness. As the Passion account is read, and we get closer to Jesus' death and burial, candles are extinguished, the sanctuary darkens more and more as Jesus' death draws near, emulating the darkened skies in Jerusalem on that great day. And the service ends in almost complete darkness. Almost complete darkness. The Paschal candle is lit for Good Friday. 
Paschal basically means the Passover, and that's what's happening at this time. And Jesus is the ultimate and final Passover lamb that's sacrificed to deliver us from sin, death, and the devil. It's lit on Good Friday. It's lit on Easter and throughout the Easter season. And then it's also lit for baptisms and funerals. On Good Friday, at the end of the Passion reading, when the sanctuary is darkened, the Paschal candle is then taken out of the chancel, which is the altar area. As it's taken out, there's the strepitus. Now, the strepitus is basically a very loud bang. If you've ever been at one of these services, even when you know it's coming, it really just jolts you and startles you. This reminds us of the earthquake and the rock splitting, as we see in Matthew 27. It also can be understood as the sound of the large stone being slammed into place when Jesus was buried. Jesus Christ, the very Son of God, is dead. Now, some churches will make this very loud noise by slamming a door, often even amplified by a microphone. Others will take a large altar Bible or processional Bible. Now, if your church doesn't have one of these, we don't have one at St. John, uh, but picture the giant dictionary in the library when you were a kid. They'll take that and they'll have it open and they will slam it shut and usually, again, also amplify it with a microphone. It is finished is the significance here. The book is closed. And so is Jesus' tomb. Except it's actually not. At least it's not going to be forever. As a reminder of this, the Paschal candle, still lit, is brought back into the pitch black chancel. A reminder that there is hope. Even in Jesus' death, he is the light that cuts through the darkness of evil. Jesus is our Savior from sin, death, and the devil. The tomb is slammed shut for now, but it will be opened, and Jesus will rise from the dead. All these rituals aren't really worth anything if it's just about the drama and the ceremony. But hopefully these unique Good Friday traditions point you to the miracle and beautiful promise of that Friday 2,000 years ago when Jesus died for you. This is a powerful promise every day and certainly on every Good Friday. I hope it is of even greater comfort for you in these very difficult times. Because, you see, all this makes the Friday on which Jesus died not only a good Friday, but the goodest Friday ever. The Lord be with you.